Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Did you see this week in our inbox, our bulging inbox full of messages from important guests and <laughs> PRs and all that? We had My a, celebrity we had, friends celebrity emailing. Friends. In, saying, I can't email. believe your podcast is so successful. Who's pushing up and exactly? Well, anyway, we got one from a PR promoting a greetings card company that um, has designed a range of Valentine's cards for pets. Don't be silly. <laughs> Shut the front door. You obviously teenagers just say. Put a scroll past that one, didn't you? Yes, because we've all gone berserk acquiring pets in lockdown. So now, of course, we all want to send them Valentine's cards. I mean, that follows. Oh. Is there any logic Ooh. in that? You see, I, I grew up with a lot of animals, as you may know, and I have never seen them as humans. They don't know what we're saying. Yes, they, I mean, they, they really don't. don't. Do you so think, there's no point sending them. No. Do you think Margot would be able to open one with her little fluffy paws? If you sent her one, do you Is think it, she might be able to open it? Would it say, hang on, roses are red, violets are blue. I don't like you, Margot, and I won't clear up your poo. <laughs> That my Valentine to Margot. Made that up off you know, the top of my head. I think that's quite good. And I think you might be a bit more successful because the kind of messages on these cards were they're a bit Christmas cracker level. Can you guess what they might be for a cat? It's not about pussies, is it? No. no. You're perfect. Oh, for God's sake. I'm wondering actually whether it's for you from the pet. So like your partner or someone in the house sends you a little Valentine's card that is on behalf of Pixel the dog or Margot the cat. Maybe it's that way around i, I don't believe anyone that sent yeah. me a valentine's card from the pet i yeah. mean that's yeah. childish trish childish yes yeah, so we're not childish it's enough of your catitude <laughs> see what i did there hello hello welcome to postcards from midlife i'm trish halpin And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. If I can say so, you are looking mighty perky this morning, Lorraine. I expect you've probably been up since 5am, you've done your power hour, you've got the kids out of school, you've meditated with the dog and probably fitted in a, a freezing swim too. Does that sound about right? Now, I know you're poking fun at me, Trish, <laughs> but actually you're not far off. <laughs> I did get up at 5.30 by accident this morning. I didn't mean to get up at 5.30, oh. but I couldn't sleep anymore. Um, I did a bit of writing. Mm. And then I went to hot yoga. Can I talk to you about hot yoga? Yes, I'm a please bit do. Stressed about my hot yoga experience. I am quite enjoying it, but I'm testing lots of things in the mm. yoga world to work out what's right for me. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that when I go to hot yoga, there are fifty percent more men. Oh, okay. In the class now, mm-hmm. I go to quite a trendy yoga place. So there's a lot of very young women, very bendy, and they're very lovely. And I love watching them do their yoga while I try and get my hands past my knees. <laughs> floor. But in the hot yoga. 
there yeah. are just so many men oh. they're not in the other classes there's one or two but they're not in the other classes mm. and they take their tops off often they're quite hairy well, sort of and they don't wear enough deodorant oh stick it's really? annoying no so naked tops on men yes Oh, Am I no. old-fashioned in thinking I don't like that? I just don't think anybody needs to see that at 6.30 in the morning, particularly. No, and they? then I had another theory, but then I thought it can't possibly apply to millennial men because they are younger men. Mm. Is that there are more men in a hot yoga class because there are more women wearing less clothes oh, in a hot yoga class. Really? And then I thought that's just a nasty, dark place that I shouldn't go then, <laughs> but, you know. But it is unusual. There are a lot more but men. how did you feel? Did you sweat a lot? Did you detox? It's so confusing when things are that hot, Trish. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a bit worried about doing. the cold swimming and the hot, hot <laughs> yoga. Anyway. Oh, well, I tell you what, it's cleaning day in my house today. So that was exciting. <laughs> so we were up at 6.30 doing Trish, the cleaning. you know the rule about boring me. I know, you're, I know. You're close. Go on, I know, what we are, But Well, cleaning? we both do. Well, I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about who does what with the cleaning and, and yeah. how it all works. And um, so I do the all the hoovering and all the mopping and uh, have got an electric mop, which I have to say is the best thing. I mean, you know me, I've got my robot hoover. I've got my electric mop. I've got it all going on in the gadgets department. What does an and electric then- mop look like? Is it like Animal from the Muppets? <laughs> It's like a little pair of rollers and you just push it along and it's sort of, it's very good. Anyway, we'll talk about the more another okay. time because I am going to get boring if we talk a bit too much about that. Yes. Um, but Neil gets takes it very seriously because he's doing all the cleaning of the surfaces and the sinks and making them all shiny. And then, you know, about 10 minutes later, a teenager will come in, make a frothy coffee and then scoop the froth off all over <laughs> his sink because they don't yeah. like the froth. And then the cat and the dog padding and little paw prints all over my clean floors it's just um I don't know it's a kind of lesson in trying to be positive and stay positive that like you know you've done all this hard work and then minutes later it's it's all you've got to live in the house ruin again well that's, that's the thing, thing I know Neil doesn't like that very much who does the mopping in your house Is oh, I'm not allowed to touch anything that has any sense of gadgetry around okay. it because okay. if I touched an electric mop then you know it would be mopping the ceiling and <laughs> in somebody's Up underwear drawer within seconds of me turning it on so I tend to do all the kind of like hard scrubbing of surfaces and Ooh, things like right. that you like a bit of that. that yeah well I tend to just follow the kids around cleaning up after yes. them it's almost a constant level yeah of cleaning, sort of smearing it? and it's not very romantic yes. though no it's not it's, it's not exactly um, anyway but that's just in my morning my morning not as good as your morning I don't think no I was looking at a load of people wearing man buns with no tops on yeah but I have to say though actually I did then do my exercise which I really look forward to that is almost it's a treat after doing the horrible cleaning but anyway I did my 20 minutes of daily stretching and flexibility and then I went out of the house for my walk active power walks you know like I'm a fan of that Um, and I've been doing all of that for a couple of years now since discovering fitness expert and sports scientist Joanna Hall who devised those instant morning body boosters in the walk active program and I'm very excited to say that she's our special guest today Joanna isn't she I guess she's your sort of midlife crush yes she is like Nadia my yoga teacher You have been following Joanna's advice yes. for quite some time. So I am quite looking forward to meeting her, actually, because it is it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Mm. A bit of walking and, and it completely transforms wow. your flexibility. So if you have, dear listeners, lost your fitness mojo, you might be feeling a bit overwhelmed about all the advice out there, then you should be raring to go after hearing Joanna's advice when we interview her today, because she can make exercise simple.
simple, energising, effective and enjoyable. It's quite a promise, isn't it, Trish? It certainly is. And after we've talked to Joanna, we'll be sharing a little perimenopause update in How to Win at Midlife. Now, we do actually have whole episodes dedicated to the topic, and we've spoken to all the leading experts on menopause, perimenopause, all across the country, including Dr. Louise Newson, Dr. Shazadi Harper, and hormone specialist Dr. Anise Mukherjee. So if you want to delve a bit deeper into the topic, particularly if you're new to postcards from midlife, do have a rummage, a little rummage around our back catalogue she said very carefully, which you can find on your podcast provider. And there are links on our website, postcardsfrommidlife.com as well. Yes. Well, today's little quiz is going to be uh, more of a refresher, really. And hopefully it will answer all the questions that do come up really frequently on our private Facebook group. Um, I'm going to make it entertaining for you, though. Trish, it's going to be a quick fire menopause quiz. Are you up for that? Mm, well, I, I am if I score points and get a prize, if I get all the answers right, because uh, there has to be a purpose to it all. <laughs> and actually, do you know what? I think nobody's ever done a menopause quiz before. We might. This might be a first. It's a genius idea, isn't it? <laughs> Was it my idea, Trish? <laughs> Uh, Yes, it is a first. And I think it will probably be my specialist subject when I go on mastermind. Yes, well, that's obviously going to happen one day. But you could also, it might be the rock I was thinking might be your specialist subject because you are slightly obsessed, stalkerish with him, aren't you? Hashtag respect to the grind. That's his new (laughs) hashtag for getting fit. I didn't know what to think when I read that. Oh my God, we've got grinding, we've got rummaging, (laughs) walking, rummaging. Anyway, onwards. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time to meet our expert guest. Now, if you feel like you've lost your fitness mojo, or maybe you're overwhelmed with all the exercise advice out there and confused by what would work for you, then you're in the right place today. What if we could come up with a simple, effective way to re-energize you and get you in shape, which involves little more than stepping outside your front door for a walk? Sounds too good to be true. Well, our guest today is walking fitness and well-being expert, Joanna Hall, the founder and creator of the Walk Active System. Now, you may know Joanna from her ITV Good Morning Days, where she was once the resident fitness expert. And if you go even further back, she also once appeared on The Generation Game, but more of that later. Regular listeners to the show may know that Trish is a fan of Joanna's Walk Active Method and credits Joanna's instant morning body booster videos on YouTube with keeping her mobile, flexible, and less creaky than she might normally be at this age. 
Now, we know Trish isn't going to win any gold medals for trampoline, but I doubt you could outpace her on a walk across the windy hillside. Joanna, a qualified sports scientist, has more than 25 years experience in the global fitness industry, and she is the author of 14 books. Now age 54, Joanna lives in Hertfordshire with her husband, Dan, a film producer and photographer, and they have a teenage daughter. Her philosophy, she says, centers on delivering intelligent exercise programs that are results driven, scientifically proven and highly effective all through walking to look and feel and perform better. She's on a mission to get the world walk active, and she's here today to tell us where we're getting it right and wrong with our midlife fitness, how to improve our posture and keep our bodies in great shape for now and the future. So welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Joanna. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled to be on the show. I'm going to get straight to it. I'm that kind of woman. What (laughs) (laughs) What are the key things that we midlife women, I mean, I think broadly 40 to 70, should be thinking about now in terms of our body and fitness at this life stage? Oh, that's a good question. So my personal take on this is I think we need to be focusing on quality over quantity. I think so much of our time as women, we think about we've got to do more, you know, how can I be better at this? And actually, I think we need to be smarter and think about focusing on the quality of movement pattern rather than actually chasing endless amounts of maybe strength training because we're worried about our bone density or endless hours of cardio because we're worried about our heart stamina. So what I mean by that quality over quantity, it's Don't worry about chasing the 10,000 steps a day message because to be honest, that's actually quite a lot of old research. It's old hat now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. But just to sort of give you an idea of three simple things, expanding out of the concept of focusing on quality rather than quantity. Think about moving your body with space. Think about moving your body with length and think about moving your body with strength. So whenever you're doing any type of physical activity, I'd like you to think about a space being space that you create within your joints. So your knee joints, your hip joints, your spine, and the length relates to actually how the muscles work around your joints. And then with that strength, that's actually going to require a little bit of active muscle fiber contraction. So the muscle fibers aren't contracting because they're shortening and creating compression in the body, but you're actually contracting because you've got length and that will give you strength in your poise. So if you think space length, strength that means you'll have better mobility it will translate into looking better and feeling better and performing better and you can do it so with walking not, you can do it stretching yeah. anything okay so we're not thinking oh my god i've got to do three 45 minute tra- hit training sessions i've got to do five thousand press-ups all the things that we kind no. of as gen x women yeah. sort of believe from jane fonda onwards we don't need that now that's the really i think you know. we need to challenge the way we fundamentally think about exercise as women we tend to have so many things on our to-do list such as as you yeah. say gosh i've got to do three strength training sessions i've got to do this and research has shown that yes our physical activities levels and our fitness is fundamentally important but we need to think about navigating each day more effectively so the quantity of what you're doing is largely irrelevant if the quality of how you're moving your body within that time is not good so for example if I was going to say to you okay let's go for a game of tennis Lorraine all right oh no I can't do any ball games (laughs) none at all bear with me with the concept so if you think okay I want to play tennis but I I know that my forehand's not that great or you know maybe I play golf or I'm a swimmer we appreciate that there's motor skills there's techniques involved in any of those actions if I want to get better at myself or better at my forehand so if we improve 
of those actual techniques and improve the quality, it brings more joy to our movement pattern. We'll actually get more results. Right. Yeah. And that's what I really think is fundamentally at this stage of our life, do things that bring us joy and focus on the quality yes. rather than adding more and more things onto our to-do list. So length, space and strength can be really powerful for how we look, our posture, our mobility. And that is much more powerful to sustain our fitness and our physical activity levels right through our whole lives. Because obviously at this life stage, things are happening to our bones, things are happening to our muscles, the the sort of whole muscular skeletal system. Um, So what do we need to be aware of that could be happening to ourselves? And uh, what should we do about it? Because I think it's always interesting in your videos, because you talk through explaining why you're doing particular exercises. And you talk about things like getting the correct recruit muscle recruitment patterns and the importance of like how your feet and ankle joints connect into your hip joints, et cetera, et cetera that kind of thing yeah yeah really fascinating and interesting oh thank you um so I think at this stage in life, we have a physical story that, we, that we've brought to our lives. So whether it's any operations we may have had, maybe how we had carried our children inside of us through our pregnancies, uh, maybe we've had been involved in a car accident or anything like that, we have a physical story that is part of our body. So you've got that physical story. And then on top of that, you've obviously got these changes that we're talking about, you know, reducing our muscle mass, changes in hormones and bone density. And these all have a huge profound impact on how the body interlinks with the body and the brain and the mind and we know now that there is an inextricable link between those three factors so when we're actually thinking about moving our body and combining it with exercise we want to sort of obviously think about strength important and making sure our heart tissue is important it goes beyond that i think it's really helpful if we can look at this phase of our life as finding a positive connection with our body and this leads a little bit into what you're saying trish in that the body works as one whole unit the days of when we're talking about jane fondrum like work our torsion get the bingo wings going it was very much this bit's doing this and this part of the body's doing that whereas now it's so amazingly uh, linked together so we want to think about the body working as one whole unit for example when you're walking with your feet you want to be thinking about actually good weight bearing activity because studies have shown that you actually create additional turbulence when the foot lands in contact with the ground and that additional turbulence through the blood vessels will give you an additional flow of blood to your brain and that flow of blood to your brain has actually been shown specifically to have additional cognitive benefits fits so how we move really has an impact on all of those elements and appreciating that if you get more movement in your ankle joints if you have more space in your hips that will have an impact on your movement quality how your back feels how you physically move Mm. we can feel that our body is um working against us Mm. it's kind of moving in a complete different direction it's contrary Mm-hmm. totally and we want to really reclaim that positive connection and feel that we make friends with our body and I think that concept is really important whatever level of fitness we bring to maybe if you're listening to this whether you've never done anything whether you really hated exercise all your life or actually you've loved exercise you've been a real sort of exercise fanatic and maybe your body's feeling a few sort of aches and pains because mm-hmm. it's done quite a lot maybe of things that 
aren't necessarily the right things at this moment in time. So in your videos, you talk about holding emotional stress in places, particularly the hips. I've been to two different kinds of exercise classes this week, and both the people have said, your hips are stiff because that's where your emotions are. And it came up on our Facebook <laughs> page, actually, as well as, as someone asked a question about why can't, why am I not more flexible around my hips? And I said, oh, well, I've been told it's because it's where I hold my emotional stress. Tell us about holding stress, particularly in your hips. What can I do about it? So first of all, it comes from sort of Eastern philosophy that we, we store a lot of this emotional stress around our glutes and our hip area. And the glute, the, all the glute muscles basically move across from the thigh bones and across that lower spine and across the whole pelvis area so if that area gets tight it has a huge implication on how our back feels how our walking stride looks and um, just our general posture and our mobility I think what's interesting is when we talk about emotional stress, probably the part of the body that we would automatically think about where we hold that stress would be in our shoulders and our neck. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah. I think that's what, yeah. So the way that the body moves, it's a bit like a pair of scissors. The idea is if you're tight in your hips, it will automatically mean that you are tight in your neck and in your shoulders. And the analogy I share with you is if you're holding a pair of scissors, And I wanted to cut a piece of paper. I could either open the blades up really, really wide or I could just open them narrowly. If I open the blades narrowly, where my hands are with the blades are very narrow. Okay. similarly, if I open up the blades wide, then my hands would be wide. And that analogy is actually how the body works with respect to the hip region and the shoulder region. So if I'm tight in my hips and I'm holding a lot of emotional stress there because that's we tend to find that the glutes get tired and we're sitting down quite a lot so we can press that body. We are tight in the hips, but we actually feel that tension and that restricted movement in our shoulders because it's like that pair of scissors. Mm. So if you do suffer from strain and stresses and tightness in your shoulders, one of the first port of calls is not necessarily to think about, oh, I've got to mobilize my shoulders. It's actually trying to get more mobility into your hip flexors, into your back extensors. So you ease out the muscles and then you will find that you will then have a knock-on effect on your ease of movement right. in the shoulders. The body's really, really clever like that. So I think if this the scissors analogy helps people to think about that, if you can get more movement into the hip, that can really, really help. Most of us think walking <laughs> is just walking. We've been doing it all our lives. You just put one foot in front of the other. You might speed up a bit sometimes if you're trying to kind of, you know, get somewhere more quickly. But your walk active system kind of turns a lot of that on its head doesn't it? And it was such an eye opener for me. So can you describe the core principles and maybe first of all, how it, how it came about that you devised this program? So the walkout system, it is actually scientifically proven to improve your posture, reduce joint strain at your knees and your hips. And it's been scientifically proven to help you walk up to 24% faster. And that was through independent studies from South Bank Sports Performance Laboratory. So I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I'm on a mission basically to get everybody walk active because I feel it's something that we could all do, but we fundamentally take it for granted as you say you think okay we've been walking our lives roughly probably from 14 months of age we'd probably be pretty good at it by now the fact of the matter is we're not because lifestyle means we're spending a lot of time seated Uh, we have muscular imbalances so when we go to put one foot in front of the other the actual recruitment pattern is less effective we're not using the right muscles in the right way at the right time so what walk active does As a sports scientist, I've created a program that helps you make every single step you take more effective for improving your body shape, getting you fitter, getting you healthier and actually, you know, getting yourself happy. 
behavior, taking what's been shown in the research. And it relates to first and foremost, how you move your body. So I teach you, if you learn how to use your foot properly, your hips properly, the head and shoulders properly, and how you use your arms properly, those four simple parts of your body, and actually put a four part stop start process in place, it will absolutely transform how you look and how you feel and how you perform. The big eye opener for me, Joanna, was that with with the feet and the way that you walk is that you push off the feet and all the energy comes from the back from your posterior chain of muscles. And actually, when we normally walk, we're just putting one foot in front of the other, we're lifting from the knees from the quads, but actually, we should be pushing off from the back and I was like I've never thought about that exactly it's these little stress buckets here baby it's the old glutes <laughs> yes you, you want to walk out of your space mm. not walk into your space and I know that that may sound a really fundamental almost bizarre thing to say but everything in our life is about moving forward I've got to get there so we have that as a sort of concept of how we move our body physiologically the hip flexor and the quads at the front of the body as we all know are actually responsible for stepping forward actually taking the body forward and they're a bit like the bully in the playground you know they just love doing that they love taking us forward but that is to the detriment of how we use the posterior chain of our body so it stops us using our glutes it stops us actually using our back muscles and also importantly when we're so dependent on the hip flexes it means we stop using our lower abdominals effectively Mm -hmm. and this has an implication cosmetically okay but it also has an implication on our digestive system because we can become quite compressed sort of from the belly button down to the pubic bone we've got so many really important vital organs in there we want to create space and length and strength so we have space for internal organs helps our digestive system and importantly we really help flatten the abdominals and we can propel ourselves forward so the concept may sound a bit like well that sounds really odd but actually once you start to put into practice it actually has profound effects to the way that you look your posture but also big big improvements in cardiovascular fitness there you are telling me that all this running i do did do used to do i see a lot of running Um, and I can't do it not so much now because it's not right for my my body now. But um, one of the things I loved about running was, well, I'd be off my head after about half an hour. I loved it. <laughs> Full of endorphins. Just thinking I was great. I could come back and conquer the world. Am I going to get that endorphin hit? It's a kind of hit I get actually from cold water swimming and yeah. the other sort of things I do and, and swimming for a long time without, you know, continuously. Am I going to get that from walk active? Where does the endorphins come? I mean, is it cardio enough? So short answer is yes, it is. So I'm not anti-running. I am pro any movement I think is great. But I think it's actually looking at how well we move and making sure that the movement patterns we have are going to actually sustain us right through our life with vitality, with vibrancy and with elegance you know, and strength yeah. and poise. So, I don't run um, elegantly. It's like feeding my friends. That is really interesting because lots of people who do walk active actually have come to walk active who've been ex-runners and they're like, I <laughs> want to still feel fit, but maybe my body doesn't feel quite so good now. My knees are feeling a bit kind of crockety. Maybe mm. my backs feel a bit tight. So 
Walk active can definitely give you that cardiovascular buzz. And it's been shown to increase your walking speed by up to 24% without the impact on your knees and your joints. And when you have that compression, you create that internal turbulence of how you use your feet. You're going to get that additional blood flow to your brain. And it has been hypothesized that that additional blood flow to your brain, and it is hypothesized that that deep blood flow goes to the parts of the brain where you get those feel-good emotions. And there appears to be a sweet spot between your feet, how quickly you move your feet and your heart rate. So when you match your heart rate together with your cadence, your foot strike, there seems to be a sweet spot of 120 steps per minute, whereby you get this extra whoosh. Hey, baby, I'm feeling good. And when you're doing, for example, our stroll to stride program, which is a bit like our bit like couch to 5K, you know, the running programs. Mm. And it's the walk active version of that. And it's all built up walking at 120 beats per minute. And without a doubt, clients say, I really feel like my spirits are elevated. I feel like I've really got that buzz. So you have to have special shoes or can you do it in trainers and or normal shoes? You can do it in any trainers. However, I do feel there are three criteria to look for if you really want to start to get serious about walk active or really make your body work correctly. And I would ask you to look at a shoe that has a wider toe so that you can spread your feet a way that you can use your big toe, your middle toe, and your little toe. And that means that as you spread your foot wider, the foot has greater symmetry with how it lands in contact with the ground as you push the ground away with you. So that will actually give you a postural benefit straight away because it stimulates the fascia net. It will give you a functional benefit because you get better alignments from the foot to the knee and the hip. And it will also actually start to give you this kind of cosmetic effect because you've got that lift through the body. The shoe should be wider toe box should be a little bit squarer and a little bit flatter and what that will help you do is it will stop you being dependent maybe on the big toe or actually kind of coming through one part of the foot which will compromise the correct alignment and the third part is if you have a shoe that ideally is a little bit more flexible in the sole so that your foot does work as opposed to trying to make a claw with your foot and make the foot work and that can actually be a bit of um, a challenge for our posture and for knee alignments. Mm-hmm. I've talked before actually on the show about how much better my feet are because I used to get terrible foot pain and now I can spread my toes now. I never used to be able to do that. And uh, my ankles are better and the exercises around your feet and ankles. I just think that is the starting point for me because it's just changed everything. It's, yeah, Trish, you're so right. It really, mm. it may not necessarily be sexiest kind of no. message but in actual <laughs> fact okay I promise you if you get your feet right baby yeah. you are going to walk it changes everything mm. everything comes out of your feet in terms of the alignment from the big toe little toe up through your knees up through your hips it is really quite transformative now a lot of women at this life stage uh, most of our listeners us included will be in perimenopause and a lot of you know the symptoms can be things like joint pain and stiffness yeah. and obviously HRT can help with that. If I felt like, oh my God, my knees are really stiff, is there an exercise I could do right now that might alleviate that? So I think little and often is the Mm. key thing here. There isn't necessarily a magic bullet that's going to suddenly alleviate that knee Mm -hmm. discomfort. But I think if you come back to one of my original concepts of creating space in the joints, Mm. length in the muscles and strength. So lots of time we can feel discomfort in knee joints because we're actually compressing area 
case mm-hmm. of maybe compressing some of the ligaments becoming a bit shorter, maybe the bursa between the two knee joints that becomes compressed. So we're actually working under shortening effect. And really what we want to do is create space in the joints and make sure the muscles are strong and long around that. As we train, we may maintain the space. So little and often, I think, is actually the best way to do mm. that. And I would encourage very much every day. So even if, for example, with your feet, if you could get more mobility in the ankle joint and you get more mobility in the hip joint, you will reduce the pressure on the knees. Mm. So as you're walking, you could actually put a very simple tip in practice. As you're walking along, imagine that you've got a post-it note on the bottom of your back foot. So as you're as you're walking out of your space and that back foot is being left behind, imagine you've got a post-it note message on the back of that shoe and you want someone to see that message. So as you leave that foot behind you, it's like they can see that message, see that message, and then the foot comes forward. So you leave it in contact with the ground a little bit more. Mm. Now, this will give you two benefits. It will give you more mobility in the foot and it will actually help you give more stretch and space in the hips, reducing the strain on the knees. Doing that accumulatively can actually be far more profound than maybe sitting down and I'm going to strengthen my internal quad muscle because that's going to help move the kneecap across Mm -hmm. it's thinking about the quality of your movement all the time I think has far more of a profound impact so you must be seeing quite a few midlife women everything changes did things change for you what was your menopause or perimenopause journey you're 54 now aren't you I'm 54 now yeah so I actually feel I went through my menopause quite early so I had my daughter when I was 39 and I think I went through sort of started doing perimenopause quite quickly after I had this so probably early 40s sort of 45s I didn't have my mum which for me I suppose would have been sort of like a go-to person to speak to because you girls have been part of a movement of us becoming much more open about discussing these things but historically we haven't so we go through this moment thinking what's going on so it kind of crept up on me and I didn't think I was even really aware that I was in it until you back Mm -hmm. and think oh I was a bit bit angry then a bit stressed (laughs) felt a bit anxious Oh, maybe that was perimenopause. So um, I did go through a bit of night sweat, not months and months. I, I can remember a few nights waking up absolutely, you know, sodden wet. But most of it, I think for me, was feelings of anxiety, mm. lacking confidence, fretting. I think fretting is, for me, was a word. I, I feel like I'm fretting the whole time. I just yeah. have that low level of worry the whole time. Um, joints didn't necessarily feel that uncomfortable but that's just a sort of personal thing and now as I look back on it um you know I think that really was what what my personal experience with it and but, but I wasn't you, aware of it at the time I really you must aware have been super conscious of your body I mean I've noticed just the massive decrease in muscle tone over the years but you must have been feeling that as a sports scientist and fitness expert you, you were you able to sort of track that and feel that and, and I guess your clients were telling you that as well like you know, yeah. what's happening I can't do any press-ups anymore it comes back to that physical confidence doesn't it you feel like your body's moving in one direction it's like whoa what is going on I think the sort of the idea of losing confidence in your body is a, is a big thing I created Walk Active. I discovered Walk Active really out of a, a position of worry and anxiety, to be quite honest with you, because what happened was I was 11 weeks pregnant with my daughter and I can remember waking up in a hospital bed and my husband was at the end of my bed speaking to the surgeon and the surgeon was saying, I can remember hearing it through a sort of haze, oh, well, the operation was pretty tricky. Your wife's going to really be 
facts or we couldn't really find out what the problem was. And what happened was that I had appendicitis when I was 11 weeks pregnant. So we had to sign a form, we could lose our daughter, etc. And the surgeon couldn't find it. It was all twisted, inverted. And he said, I basically made a bit of a botched job. Your wife's going to be really sore, etc, etc. So I knew as a sports scientist, wow, I'm going to have big problems with my back. I'm going to have big problems with my posture. Plus, hopefully my belly is going to grow and I'm going to have this little bubba growing inside me but we had to sign a form that that may not be the case so I built that kind of body awareness and walk active came out of position of healing myself and I knew out of healing myself I didn't want to do a lot of impact I wanted something that would fit with my life helped my posture allowed me to be strong so it combined specific upper body exercises as well so as that's evolved and I started to teach clients, clients were saying, wow, I feel the benefits. My joints are feeling so much better. My posture's really improved. I actually feel I'm, you know, neater around my waistline without maybe having to do these traditional intensive exercises, so mm. to speak, because of how you move your body. So when I went through perimenopause, I was very much doing walk active every day and developing walk active in for myself and for my clients. And I want to feel strong in myself. And I think that is a really important aspect. So that's part of my whole thing. So yes, I felt there were changes in my body, but having trained people, you know, throughout my whole fitness career from different elements of step aerobics right at the beginning, high intensity aerobics, slide aerobics, that kind of stuff. I can honestly say that my body feels better now than it did when I was in my 20s and 30s and getting out of bed, having to run masses, done loads of high intensity aerobic classes and like, oh, my Achilles are really sore and all my knees are sore. So I have that awareness, but I just feel that how you move your body day in, day out can be very profound compared to maybe just trying to find those pockets of time where we go health for leather. Mm. And in actual fact, that may not necessarily be the best way for how our body mm-hmm. wants to look and feel and perform long term. You helped Reebok develop the step workers because we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Mm. Trish, we were saying, where has step gone? Why can't we do this <laughs> yeah. anymore? Yeah, take, take us back to that time in your life. You must have been the, kind of living in a leotard and shiny leggings for that for every day. Darling, I was right there, babes. <laughs> I was I'm right thinking there. leg warmers. I'm thinking well, all sorts of yeah. malarkey. Yeah. I had just finished my first degree in sports science and I'd come back from the States. Um, I'd done my sports medicine internship in the US and I came back. And at the time I was managing a health club just outside of Bath, teaching lots of aerobic classes, etc. And it was a little conference centre. And Reebok used to come down and do some of their conferences there. Anyway, they approached me basically to front the Step Reebok program. So I came to London as a Step Reebok educational coordinator and and developer. So we were teaching up, up, down, down, three knee repeater over the top. Here we go. Three more and two more and one more. Let's go. And that's what brought me to London. And I did that for Reebok. And we basically created the educational programs. Gin Miller used to come over from the States and then we rolled them out across Europe and then trained the trainers to teach the, the Step Reebok system through health clubs. So it was a really exciting, expansive time in the we, fitness we industry. We loved it. We loved it. But it's just weird, it. isn't it? Why? What? happened to it it just disappeared is it a trend it's just I think it's yeah within the fitness industry the fitness industry likes to reinvent itself continually because people Mm -hmm. kind of get bored or you know what's the next thing it's a trend and it evolves and so forth I mean step 
can be really, really powerful for cardiovascular training, toning your glutes and so forth like that. But yeah, I just think it's kind of evolved a bit. The next thing kind of came along. That's the about rebounders. the rebounders, because I I slightly fear for my pelvic floor on the rebounder. Oh. But well, what, I'm quite <laughs> keen on this, is, this is where the generation game comes in, Lorraine, doesn't it, yeah. Joanna? This is, yeah, this is where you share that game. story. Come on, I did. It. I will share that story. So I was having a chat with you, Trish. This is so funny. So this is going back to the leg warmer and the leotard and the kind of the hot pant. I look back now thinking, oh my gosh, uh, phase of my life. We all recall the generation game with the little yes. three-four size. So the rebounders, as many of us know, are those little mini trampoline things that you're bouncing up and down. I and at that one. time, they used to be sort of classes. So you'd stand at the front of the class on your little rebounder, jumping up and down, doing your little coordinator of your three-knee repeater, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, a researcher came from the generation game, watched the class I was teaching, said, oh, that's quite good. We could have that as one of the games on the generation game. Fast forward a few months, we're there down in the London studio with our uh, little lycra hop numbers, uh, doing our little routine, six of us on little trampolines. Bruce is running around doing these amazing jokes etc these family contestants come on and we teach them this little routine and they have to do the routine with us and then they get judged <laughs> there we go that is my claim to fame we did have a giggle I have to say so can I ask you just on a motivation front because this comes up so often on the Facebook group I mm-hmm. I can't get motivated I can't get out I don't you know I've lost my mojo my fitness mojo I don't want a peloton I'm no good at cycling running's ruined my knees walking seems to me the main way of a really easy thing to do to move what's your advice to women who've just stopped and are in that sort of fretful time that you've talked about to get motivated so I think just start you hear people say just start and that sounds very easy one of the easy things to start is to walk so even from your front door find yourself a five minute outback route a 10 minute outback route and a 15 minute outback route and maybe think about where am I going to go that's going to give me joy so do I want to look past the shop windows do I actually just want to go and see a particular vista that gives me joy but just actually start to put one foot in front of the other and I think it's the easiest lowest hanging fruit so you don't necessarily have you don't need any special equipment you don't need to necessarily put any special kit on you know other than a pair of trainers and ideally soft and flexible but just to start to do that and literally five minutes out that door and back can be really powerful I would encourage you to go outside and do it rather than maybe go on a treadmill because there are strong psychological studies now that show that when you and it comes back to the walkout technique and the point that you made Trish that when you are moving your body through space and your horizon your environment opens up in front of you and as you walk out of your space you actually physically walk your problems away and psychological Logical studies have shown that there is an improvement in your problem solving. You're also going to get this huge, tangible improvement in your mental well-being and you know how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. so I think just five minutes which you know can sound well surely that's not enough but it's just finding those bite-sized bits that you can build on and I think the consistency is what actually gets the results mm-hmm. and, and just the other thing I would say is sometimes we have the perception that things have to be perfect to actually get a result and that's not the case and the sec- third thing I would say is sometimes we feel that we actually have to do a lot to get rewards and I see this time and time and time again with Walk Active you can feel the difference in one session mm-hmm. and you will actually get those benefits posturally so you get a quick fix straight away but also mentally so you get quick results 
straight away. And, and when you can start to repeat that and go somewhere that just gives you a bit of joy, hold on to that. So when you physically go out the door and you're actually moving your body even for a short time just hold on to something that makes you feel joyful so find some colors you know look at the horizon moving away from you so you're walking away from your problems because in your brain where you form your memories it's very close to where you have your emotions now you've put together a special program haven't you for our listeners you've put together some bits on your website do you want to tell I us have. about that yeah yes, I, anybody wants to try well, things out a couple of things yeah a couple of things so um i've actually curated because i know how you said you love my little Insta body boosters, mm. Trish. So I've curated a special little postcards from midlife instant body booster seven day program. So there are just seven little top mobility instant body booster sessions. So if you go to our website, you can actually access those. They're all there. And then also there is a, actually I share with you. It's a four secrets to walk better. So how you can actually feel the walk active benefits straight away just in one session. This is like a thirty minute educational video with simple, easy top tips that you can put into practice straight away to improve your posture and to get a little bit of a scratch and sniff walk active mm-hmm. experience so you get those benefits you can just go to my website which is walk active backslash postcards and it's exclusive for your lovely listeners brilliant and i think you're going to be offering a discount code as well for your walk active walk fitter group that's right yeah mm-hmm. so if anybody so our stroll to stride program is like the running couch to 5k so it's really designed to get you fit through walk active and it's a six-week audio coaching program set to music helping you actually walk at the right pace so it focuses on teaching technique making sure that the stride is the right length improving your posture so you can walk 5k with great posture great technique and great pace we have a discount card i think it's 25 percent off and that all that information is there on that website within that special landing page i feel so sad for all the, the, a lot of the women we have on the facebook group who've, who've been very fit in the past and just can't get it back if there was kind of one bit of advice that you could offer one thing they could do that would begin the journey apart from the kind of just walk outside is there is there an individual exercise that we can recommend that's a really really good question i'm going to give you two so one is a concept one is an exercise okay so the concept is i want you to be expansive with your body take up space you know i mean everything in our life is like this gravity is doing this making us smaller be proud really be expansive so as a concept be expansive. And in terms of one exercise, obviously I want people to go out and and walk active, but I have a specific core exercise, which is called the abdominal J. And you can do it standing up, you can do it seated at your chair and you know what, I'll put it on that landing page as well. So it's really, really easy to do that. The abdominal J. So it helps... It helps flatten your abdominals. It will improve your posture and it's easy, really peasy. Right. And it's good for your pelvic floor if you want to do any bouncing. Brilliant. Brilliant (laughs) for your pelvic floor when you get your little trumpet out as well, Lorraine. Exactly. Oh, oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Joanna. It's been wonderful to hear not only your expertise, but your incredible positive energy around midlife exercise, midlife fitness and and getting going. And I think we're all going to be uh, hopping onto your website to follow up. Oh, thank you. Girls, it's just beginning. Do not be defined. You know, your body's a gift. Just get out there and use it. Well, we agree with that. 
Welcome to our How to Win at Midlife section. This week, we realized we were getting quite a few questions from listeners about the basic facts around menopause and perimenopause. It's been quite a while since we talked about this, so we're going to do it today in the form of a menopause pop quiz. You wouldn't get this on Woman's Hour, but we know you like our menopausal more common wise approach to these things. All the facts here are from the guest experts we have interviewed, books we've studied, and of course, our own personal experience. We'll pop the details on our Facebook page too, but here we go. There's not a prize here, Trish, for this. So cool your jets on that old uh, competitive streak. Are you ready, my menopausal oh, mate? Always, always ready for a bit of menopausal okay. chat. Right. So Trish, imagine I am off to my GP today to ask for my blood test to confirm I am finally in perimenopause. Is the blood test the right thing to ask for? No, is the big answer to that one. Uh, no, there is no definitive test for perimenopause or menopause because the, basically what's happening is your hormones are in fluctuation and they can be up one day, they can be down the next. So whatever day you have the blood test on, they, they can be in a different place and you don't have a baseline unless you happened to have a baseline test from 10 years ago, or whatever, it's not going to be relevant. However, your GP is quite likely to suggest a blood test and that's essentially to rule out other things and check for things like um, thyroid uh, disorders, things like that, or maybe uh, iron deficiencies. So really a blood test is ruling out things. It is not checking if you're perimenopausal. Perimenopause can only be checked by the symptoms. So you'll need to do your research on that uh, before you go and see your GP. And there's so many great books. We're going to recommend Preparing for the Perimenopause and Menopause by Dr. Louise Newson. Um, she has all the, the, the kind of information on tests you might need. And also Dr. Anise Mukherjee's fantastic book, The Complete Guide to the Menopause. And she is a hormone specialist and very good on what your hormones will be telling your GP. So my turn now, Lorraine, I'm a 45-year-old woman. You wish. Uh, <laughs> decade ago. And I feel overwhelmed, tired all the time, but I'm not having hot flushes. I have filled in the symptom questionnaire on Dr. Newson's balance tracker app for perimenopause. And I do have many of the symptoms, but my GP is telling me I'm too young to be in perimenopause. Is that right? No, not right at all. According to the experts, your uh, perimenopause can start at 40. Any age from 40 onwards, generally it starts in, in the latter 40s. And the perimenopause is roughly the 10 years ahead of your menopause. And your menopause is a year after your last period. And that's usually around the age of 51. That's the average age in the UK. Now, you take your symptom list to your GP and they are on the NHS um, website. So do print them out and take them in. And if you have that, even if you are 42, 43, you could still be in perimenopause. You wouldn't be too young if you are under 50. I have suggested in the past, and I think our experts have as well, that if you're a bit confused or worried about this, or your appointment or your doctor believing you, take the list or take a friend who can listen because you're often a bit confused when you're there. And you can be perimenopausal even if you have never had a hot flush. So Trish, I'm a 48-year-old woman. I think you wish. <laughs> I'm suffering panic attacks from the first time in my life. I get palpitations, I can't sleep, and I am incredibly sad all of the time. My GP has offered me antidepressants, but I don't think I need them. Should I give in and just take the antidepressants? 
Well, I think this is a really interesting one and something that, um, you know, so many women are encountering with their GP. And, you know, women do suffer from depression and antidepressants are necessary. But if you're suddenly finding this is just appearing in midlife, you've never had any of these issues before, it's quite unlikely that it's, you know, a serious depression. It's more likely that it's attributable to perimenopause. And, you know, you would have a history of, of depression and mental health issues. So, but unfortunately, two thirds of GPs are wrongly prescribing antidepressants to perimenopausal women, which unfortunately means they'll just be sidelining the issues Mm. that are really going on, which is essentially about the fluctuation of hormones. You know, we have hormone receptors all over our bodies and we have them in the brain. So they will be fluctuating. And when we lose them, that is going to affect things like our mental health, our clarity of thinking, etc. And um, the NHS NICE guidelines clearly state that antidepressants must not be prescribed as a kind of first line prescription for menopausal women. So again, look up the NICE guidelines on menopause and uh, take that into your doctor. What they should be offering you is hormone replacement therapy instead. Got that. So next question in the pop quiz is, I'm a perimenopausal woman. I have been prescribed HRT and I'm too scared to take it. I missed the Davina McCall documentary about it and I think HRT might give me cancer. What say you? Well, I'd say, first of all, do check out that uh, Davina McCall documentary, which you can get on Channel 4 on Catch Up. It really is a kind of brilliant overview of of everything that we're talking about and goes into much more depth. But I think it's important to understand what HRT is and also where that kind of thinking and and, and sort of scaremongering about the linked cancer comes in. So HRT is a combination, it's hormone replacement therapy. So it's a combination of the hormones that you are losing during um, these perimenopausal years, essentially estrogen, which is the big one, that is the big female hormone that is in decline at this time of life. And um, depending on if you are still having periods, or if you have the marina coil, you may also be given progesterone alongside your estrogen. And finally, some women might be prescribed testosterone too for things like brain fog and, you know, severely low libido. So that can be your HRT combination of those three hormones. What it's important to know is that estrogen now in this modern day and age is derived from yams, which is that root vegetable, completely natural, and it's known as body identical. And there was this awful survey, which I'm sure many of you will have heard about um, over 20 years ago, which studied women who were aged over 65, that were taking a form of HRT no longer prescribed. And that was the, the one that it was claimed that it can potentially increase your risks of breast cancer or give you breast cancer. But that survey has been discredited. And unfortunately, a lot of women from that generation have really suffered as a consequence of that. But today, you know, women our age, our listeners, the majority of women, uh, the benefits of HRT outweigh any risks. And I'm, I'm in that position. I've got a history of breast cancer in my family, but I sort of weighed up the risks and decided the benefits of HRT were certainly worth it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to think that obesity, not exercising, drinking too much alcohol, smoking, they are all much much, much higher risk factors in developing breast cancer than HRT might be. So women under 51 taking any type of HRT do not have an increased risk of breast cancer. Um, again, we haven't got time to go into all the details. Uh, do look at Dr. Newsom's websites and books. And we did a really good podcast actually interview with the leading breast cancer expert, Professor Michael Baum, and he talks about it quite clearly on that as well. Yes. And I think the other thing that comes up is, is how 
long you take HRT for. Mm. You can take it for an unlimited time period. It depends on everything in your life and what your GP says. You don't need to stop after your menopause. And many women take it well into their 80s because HRT is a preventative medicine as well for conditions like heart disease and osteoporosis. And they think it may also protect against Alzheimer's, which is the biggest killer of women. So it is really important you educate yourself on HRT. I think we should also say that you cannot replace the hormones with anything but hormones. There's no natural way of doing this. There are lifestyle factors, though, which can alleviate symptoms if you address them. And some women can't take HRT, so they have to change their lifestyle in ways instead. Okay, so we have the final question, which I'm just going to stress that you (laughs) have written... <laughs> Nothing to do with me. I think it was important this oh, one. Oh, okay. When I ask my husband to talk about my perimenopause, he says he doesn't fancy a Nando's right now. What should <laughs> I do? Kill him. Kill do him. You, do you need to, in case anybody hasn't been to Nando's, do you want to explain? <laughs> Well, you get peri peri sauce, and, and I and I put it in because there was a piece in the paper by an eminent doctor which made this joke, and it really, really made me very, very cross. So, if your husband says that, you can poke him in his midlife paunch, and you can tell him to read Dr. Louise Newsom's Haynes Manual, which is like a car manual um, about the menopause, because he would need to stop making fun of something which affects every woman in his life. This is a, a kind of clumsy and dare I say cruel cultural habit of making women go through the menopause and perimenopause we wouldn't make fun of people who are diabetic we wouldn't make fun of people with thyroid problems so we shouldn't you know you wouldn't have greeting cards about that like you do the menopause and the perimenopause and you wouldn't laugh at people suffering from depression so I thought it was a point worth making in Mm. our quiz that you've got we've got to stop this yeah and we will, won't we? Because yes. we don't want tomorrow's men, our no. sons, making fun of women. Yes, I think the dial is shifting on all of this through Good. all of these conversations that we're having, which is brilliant. But if you're still a bit confused after our little quiz, there's a new book out which could be helpful, which is by journalist Kate Muir. And she was actually the producer on the, that brilliant Davina McCall Channel 4 documentary called Sex, Myths and the Menopause. So her book is called Everything You Need to Know About the Menopause and We're Afraid to Ask, which is available now and actually I found another book which I thought was really interesting about the history of menopause and HRT this changes everything the honest guide to menopause by Nikki Bazant and uh, did you know that the first estrogen product called Premarin was launched in 1942 so they have known they have known percent of the population will be plunged into but you'll be really pleased to know that all the marketing was so misogynistic because it was all a lot of it was aimed at men saying things like your wife will once again be pleasant to live with I'm going to, honestly, it and makes it me also, very cross. HRT, I'm going to start buying weapons. We will. It means a woman's breasts and gentle organs will not shrivel. She will not be much more, ple- oh my much more pleasant to live with and will not become dull and unattractive. There we are, back in the uh, 1940s. It's, like, it's not that win. long ago, the no, 1940s. No, exactly. And we've got actually so many shows in our archive, actually, which will help you on this journey. Dr. Zoe Williams came on talking to us about how you talk to your GP. Obviously, we've mentioned Dr. Louise Newsom, Professor Michael Baum. Maisie Hill came on about how to track your periods ahead of perimenopause. Emma Bardwell came on to talk about nutrition around menopause and perimenopause. And we had the wonderful Dame Leslie Regan, who is a three-time 
Alliance breast cancer survivor and CEO of Wellbeing of Women. She was very good on HRT and cancer and the preventative qualities of the medicine. And we had Dr. Paula Briggs on actually talking about your sexual health during the menopause and perimenopause because she is an expert, probably the expert on vaginal atrophy, isn't she, Trish? She is. So are we saying that I won that quiz? No. <laughs> do you want the prize? Yes, I do. Hobnobs? Hobnob, hobnob. Okay, all right. Wow, I think we're uh, very motivated after our walking and our... I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we should have a little calmer moment with our noodling, our nostalgia noodling. Where are you taking me today? Well, I'm not sure it's calmer, but it's it's sort of... It it brought back really many, many happy memories. So um, bear with me. My 10-year-old Mabel is a little bit worried about a tsunami and floods in London. (laughs) Right. Okay. Uh, something she's seen on YouTube, I right. um, suspect. Anyway, she keeps saying to me, what will happen? And I say, well, it's not going to happen. But if it did, we're on a hill. It's, a, it's okay. So the bottom of the house would fill up first. <laughs> and she said, well, how would we get out? And I said, oh, well, it'll be like the Poseidon Adventure. We'll just climb up the Christmas tree. Mm. And obviously your children just look at you like you're mad when you reference these old cultural moments. Yeah. So I was looking at the Poseidon Adventure. It's 50 years 50. since that film. Almost as old as us was released in 1972 so it was a Christmas film do you remember it Shelley Winters yes yes well it's got a very special place in my heart because it's a disaster movie it's a disaster movie let me tell you the 70s was the era of disaster (laughs) movies towering inferno oh that's true yes earthquake yeah but we would watch it as kids at Christmas because Mm. it was a Christmas film so it was a a boat basically that was uh, a cruise that was going down and mm. Shelley Winters mm. was, played this really lovely grand grandma who was going to see her uh, first grandchild in Australia and she had very low self-esteem but the one thing she could do was swim you oh, see and good for her. was yeah. having a heart attack in the depths and she swam down to save him but she got the body but she died when she came up <gasps> I mean, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I mean, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it or can't remember it because it was so long ago, for God's sake, (laughs) (laughs) or can't remember it. Yes, it was the first film that made me cry after Dumbo. My parents took Dumbo when I was little, not Bambi. Not Bambi, no, crying Dumbo, after Bambi. No, Dumbo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, I went all the way back to telling Mabel, it's okay, it's not going to be like the... Because you can adventure. swim and you can race. Because I would save her. You would yes. definitely save her. Where did you go back? Better on the roof. Well, actually, funnily enough, it sort of seeks into your one because I feel like The Poseidon Adventure was one of those films you, you go, you know, switch the telly on on a Sunday afternoon and it would always be The Poseidon oh, Adventure. Yes. <laughs> or Towering and, Inferno. Yes. And back in them days, when there was only three TV channels, I was just thinking about how the BBC Two was mainly the test card, and also the Open University. Do you remember the Open? Of course, yes. (laughs) It's just so weird because it was like another heart-sinking television moment when you'd find, you know, you'd come across a man with a beard and a kipper tie presenting (laughs) something very difficult and boring about maths formulas and calculations. You'd be like, oh. Anyway, but do you remember the? I am going to sing. Vaguely, Trish, vaguely. A yellow opening, like it was a sort of revolving logo thing. It was just like, fresh hell is this on the television? Anyway, I just thought, you know what? I never thought I'd be able to go to university after watching that. (laughs) No, 
I oh, mean, what was right the point off. of it? Was it so that oh, people no. could study? Well, actually, do you know what? It was really courses. good because it was. Um, it started in the night, like early nineteen seventies, and the idea was targeted at working adults who hadn't been able to continue on to higher education. Women, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of women, a lot of you know people from poorer backgrounds, working class backgrounds, yeah. where you had to go and work because you couldn't stay on. So it was actually really good because that was the fate of a lot of people in the, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, wasn't it? So it was a very good thing but not on our television screens when we're trying to find something that isn't the Poseidon adventure to watch thank god for Netflix that's all I can say well that brings us to the end of this week's postcards from midlife new episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider and we'd really appreciate it if you could download your episodes because they then count on our listener numbers and if you could rate and review us that would be absolutely marvellous we'd be super grateful wouldn't we Trish we would and we'd love you to tell your friends about us Uh, we want as many women as possible to be having these midlife conversations and um, you can do that also on our private Facebook group and that's where we post a list of all the kind of resources that we've talked about on this show today and we also do that on instagram as well so please do follow us there you can use the facebook group to post any feedback on the topics we discuss as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to talk about or celebrities and experts you'd love to hear interviewed by us or you could email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or maybe pop a message on instagram bye bye 